This Week in HPC by Intersect 360 Research. Oak Ridge chooses Cray AMD for Exascale. Intel offers first course of XE Fair. It's This Week in HPC. Hi, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of This Week in HPC with Intersect 360 Research, distributed in partnership with HPC Wire. I'm Addison Snell, and that's Tiffany Trader. Tiffany, a lot going on this week in HPC, starting with our top story. We've got an announcement of the first exascale system going to Oak Ridge National Labs, which could wind up being the first exascale system in the world of all this uh, if everything falls into place it, it might be yeah so what we have here we have cray amd and the department of energy announcing on tuesday that uh, cray and amd are coming back together at oak ridge national lab to partner on like you said what might be what might be um the u.s's uh largest supercomputer and possibly the world um expected to be the u.s's largest supercomputer at 1.5 double precision petaflops uh, we think that's the peak figure, uh, and uh, most most notably, Frontier will feature future generation AMD Epic CPUs and Radeon Instinct GPUs in a in a four to one configuration. Yeah, and this system is going to Cray, which is also the system provider for the Argon A twenty one system going into Argon National Labs. Now that one, Intel is the prime contractor with uh, CPUs that are based on a future Xeon and also this Intel XE GPU, which we're going to come back around to in the second part of the story. These two systems have very similar timelines. And although we've assumed all along that the Argon system is probably going to be the first one, it feels like since Cray is the system provider on both now, that it really could come down to who provides chips first, whether it's going to be Intel or AMD in terms of the timeline for these two systems. Both are uh, Cray Shasta systems with the Slingshot Interconnect. And uh, as you were saying, this AMD system now, it's going to be a custom Epic chip with a Zen core and a future version of a Radeon GPU with high bandwidth memory or HBM. Um, like other systems of its of its era, it's optimized for both HPC and AI types of workloads. And what really interested me here was the design of this integrated CPU-GPU chip, where it's a single socket, so it's one CPU, but that one CPU is surrounded by four GPUs in a square, uh, all of which communicate with the CPU. So they're doing that kind of in an integrated CPU-GPU package in a four-to-one uh, node and it's all connected over AMD's Infinity Fabric. Yep, these are custom chips designed for Frontier with the plan that they will be made available to the market afterwards. And as you as you said, it's a it's a Shasta Cray system uh, with the uh, with the Slingshot network, and there there are going to be a uh, hundred Shasta supercomputer cabinets, each supporting 300 kilowatts of computing which would be around 30 megawatts, but a, a total of up to 40 megawatts uh, will, is being brought in for the whole system. That was the max power draw set out uh, by the, the, the RFP, the Coral 2 RFP, uh, for which this is the first system announced system win for that, for that um, procurement collaboration. Uh, we also know a little bit about the storage on this. We, we don't yet know if it will be 
the the Cray uh, cluster store or, or another provider, but we we it will be they they've stated it will be two to four times the performance and capacity of Summit's I/O subsystem, and uh, we'll have a near node storage like Summit. Right, having two to four x the performance and capacity of Summit on the storage side that puts it in the range of half an exabyte up to an exabyte of uh, primary storage with a speed or bandwidth of five to 10 terabytes a second. The interesting thing is we don't know yet what the file system on that is going to be. Um, they've had a, a previous Lustre implementation. Summit is, of course, GPFS or the IBM Spectrum scale. Presumably, this one won't be a GPFS implementation, but I, I guess we don't know until it, it goes in or at least gets named. Right, right. Um, and also, if, if, if we should mention, this is this is going to be one of the world's most expensive uh, supercomputing systems. None of none of, this, none of the technologies we're talking about um, come come cheaply. Uh, so the 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 total amount is over six hundred million dollars, and that total includes the system build contract for over five hundred million, as well as the development contract for over a hundred million. And, and that latter part uh, is, is going to be used to develop some of the core technologies for the machine. And while we're talking about money, um, you know, in terms of what else is included or, or not included in that figure, is the work of uh, the Exascale Computing Project, the ECP, in preparing the software ecosystem for pr productive use of this expensive system on day one. And that program has invested some $1.7 billion in, into ex Exascale application readiness. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up software. Now, we talked about Exascale Computing Project just recently, but again, this really interests me. And as I said on my Twitter handle, at Addison Snell, when this uh, went public, I thought it's a reach to call this a direct continuation from Summit. That's tantamount to saying, well, that had GPUs and this has GPUs, so it's a continuation, right? Really, this is a, a new architecture. You're going from power back to x86 on the AMD Epic. It's a different GPU. GPU implementation. So I'm very interested in the software work that will go on here in terms of the portability moving from the power NVIDIA environment over to the Cray AMD Epic Radeon environment. And uh, some of AMD's technologies there, like Rockham and HIP, are going to be critical. It's going to be very interesting to see how much, now that NVIDIA has invested all of this effort into getting people onto GPUs and having a 15-year first-mover advantage with CUDA, uh, how much competitive advantage does that give them, or, or is it re relatively easy to now move our, our GPU-accelerated codes over to a different, uh, a, a different GPU? Right. No, that's a great question and something that we'll, we're going to, you know, want to dive into more. But, you know, I, I think a lot of the heavy lifting was, you know, moving to the GPUs in the first place. And uh, in that respect, this is uh, Oak Ridge's third accelerated system. You know, they had a Titan uh, back to uh, 20, 2012. And then last year, of course, they they stood up Summit, which is uh, the world's um, Reigning flops champ at a, at 144 petaflops limp pack and Titan Titan you know we said we we started at the top saying that Cray and AMD are coming back to Oak Ridge and of course uh, Titan also was a was a um, was a Cray AMD machine um, and and uh, you know then they now they have uh, Summit too which has uh, um, Nvidia GPUs and then they're moving to to uh, AMD GPUs here. 
Overall, I have to say I like this system and this selection for Oak Ridge for a couple of reasons. One is if we're moving into this heterogeneous environment, I do think there's a potential advantage to be exploited in having the CPU and the GPU in the same package. Beyond that, with Cray, I've been a fan of the Slingshot Interconnect, and I like Cray's commitment to this high-end space, which I have to say strikes me as better than IBM's potential commitment to this, high, uh, this high-end space right now. And now that we have the Argonne system named and the uh, Oak Ridge system named, it'll be interesting to see what happens with Livermore and does IBM still have a desire to be in that game. Right. Well, yeah, there, like, as, as you just alluded to, there is, this was the first Coral 2 system announcement to come out. Uh, Coral 2 is the, the, second, um, the second big procurement uh, that the, uh, the three labs are doing. And the first one was Coral 1, which came out with Summit and Sierra, which have been stood up. And you know, Aurora, Aurora had to be re- retooled and is, is now expected in, in 2021. And then for the, the Coral 2, there's going to be two or three machines. So this is the first one. We're waiting for Livermore. And then there's also up in the air whether Argonne might get a second system as well. So more to be seen. You know, We'll, we'll see um, when those announcements are made. We're watching to see that. Overall, big congratulations to Oak Ridge National Labs as well as to Cray and AMD. We're looking forward to seeing what they're going to do with this system. Meanwhile, also this week in HPC, Intel has a habit of wanting to get in the game with other people's news announcements, and they've done it again here. Now, in this case, I'm in favor of it because we've been wanting all along to get more details about this Intel XE processor, the discrete GPU that's part of this Argon A21 Exascale procurement. And Intel kind of dribbled out a little bit of the news. This isn't a, a whole full disclosure, but but we're getting some interest, uh, some interesting tidbits about what XE is going to look like. Yeah, so Intel had an investor meeting this week which where they announced some, some, de- some details of their upcoming roadmap, including... Uh, uh, the seven nanometer process technology. And uh, one of the things that they announced was that the, f- the first san- seven nanometer product would be would be this discrete GPU. Um, and we, we first learned about the XE graphics uh, back um, when the Aurora announcement was made. And we didn't learn much more than the name, really. Uh, we They didn't even really say the word GPU yet, although that was confirmed uh, by some of the design folks on Twitter that indeed it it was a GPU, which um, had been had been teased and is something that we had been waiting for. So this XE graphics architecture has uh, the two parts to it. It has the the IGD part and it looks like that's out with. uh, So that's the integrated um, the graphics device, which is coming out in Tiger Lake, their their client side. uh, CPU that's coming out at the end of 20 or expected to come out in the 20 in the end of 2020 and then um, the, a discrete GPU which we hear is expected to come out um, on the 10 nanometer node at the end of 2020 and then the 7 nanometer node which would be in 2021 which is the the main engine for Aurora. This now gives us a firm timeline for Intel producing its 7 nanometers. AMD, of course, went there uh, with its next Horizon announcement with the Epic chip last November, just before supercomputing. So that's roughly a three-year advantage in 7 nanometer going there. But, you know, I'm still... Uh, really compelled by this Intel announcement because, first of all, it builds on what I was just saying before about I think inherently there's an argument to be made that in a heterogeneous environment, you can have an advantage for having an integrated package that's CPU and GPU. 
I think there are two key technologies for Intel or two key areas to talk about with regard to the potential success of Intel XE. One is going to be the programming, right, which we were just talking about with regard to AMD and moving things over from NVIDIA. And for Intel, for AMD, that's Rockham. For Intel, that has everything to do with one API, which Intel says it's going to introduce this year. We don't have a lot of information yet as to how that's supposed to work. Um, it sounds like magic when Intel describes it. And if they really have some sort of auto vectorizing or auto compile, auto parallelizing uh, tool that works with any kind of processing element, I mean, that's going to be fantastic. So we, we really have to see what's the complexity for uh, porting here. The other part of it is going to be the, the fabric, what connects the CPU to the GPU. AMD is relying on this Infinity fabric. We're going to have to see, is Intel just using PCIe here, or is there some other interconnect that's going to be part of that package? So I, I think there's, there's still more details I want here, but I like the direction the conversation's going. Yeah, that though. It's looking like that that's going to play a part, that one API will play a part, and then the, the CXL consortium that they announced uh, this year uh, may play a part too. And um, from what we know so far, that's going to be um, used based on top of uh, PCIe Express uh, 5. But um, really, like you said, we're, they're just starting to uh, make some some details known, and uh, we don't know too much about it yet. They, they did also announce... Um, uh, some roadmap disclosures, you know, with their process technology roadmap and server CPU roadmap out to the 2023 timeline. So, uh, 2023 timeline, um, you know, after uh, Cascade Lake um, is uh, Cooper Lake and Ice Lake, uh, with being their first 10 nanometer, and and then uh, this other part called Sapphire Lake. Um, they 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 confirm that the 10 nanometer data center part Ice Lake Xeon is on track for production in the first half of 2020. And they said it's now now sh uh, shipping samples to customers. And then according to these roadmaps, the timeline is such that it looks like Sapphire Lake, this is the, the 10 plus plus nanometer node, to, uh, which um, is due out in 2021. It looks like that that could be the CPU inside Aurora. Uh, well, they've also disclosed, like we said, that the, the seven nanometer discrete GPU would be the, the, the GPU. So I thought it was maybe mildly ironic that the, the GPU would be at the more advanced process nodes since uh, Intel has, you know, for such a long time been the, uh, the leading uh, CPU vendor. Yeah, it's it's going to be really interesting to see how this plays out. And I'm very interested in this Intel GPU. It, the The interesting thing to me is that on the net, across this week of news that the threatened company is NVIDIA. Uh, mm. NVIDIA has done the most to establish this whole GPU ecosystem and environment for GPU computing. But now you have two major competitors with their own GPUs and NVIDIA potentially at a bit of a disadvantage where they don't have a non-interested CPU partner to partner with outside of IBM, who hasn't been showing a lot of enthusiasm for the HPC space recently, although they do have a lot of enthusiasm for AI. Um, a big question to me is whether Intel will use this GPU and try to go outside of GPU computing for it and into just graphics on client devices and hit NVIDIA back where NVIDIA lives. Are we going to see in Intel GPUs in 
people's laptops running games or, or, or workstations. That would really change the as, – as much as I don't usually comment outside of HPC or enterprise, to me, that's a noteworthy potential development that could change the dynamics of the industry. Yeah, I mean, and good points. And to your point about NVIDIA, they were a big winner with the pre-exascale machines with Summit and Sierra. And now we have two exascale systems uh, announced, uh, and they, they have not been a part of those. No, not yet, whereas Cray is part of both. So Cray is uh, part of both. Big wins for Cray, a huge win for AMD, who's now going to be solidly in this space. And AMD, going back to 12 years ago, then 2007, they were the number one processor vendor in the high-performance computing market. They've got a long way to go if they're going to get back to that now. But this is the, the kind of momentum they would need in order to start gaining share. Yep, it'll be uh, interesting to keep watching this and also to see who uh, the next um, – who. Um it will be interesting to see what's announced with the Livermore system. We'll keep watching, Tiffany. Thanks a lot. And our listeners can get more detail in the write-ups on HPC Wire. Thanks for talking to me today, Tiffany, about the news. And thanks to you for tuning in. You've been listening to This Week in HPC, brought to you by Intersect 360 Research, actionable market intelligence for high-performance computing. For more information, visit intersect360.com.